0: Welcome back, everyone. And surprise, Charles Murphy and Charles Villanueva, back-to-back weeks for a podcast. This is, mm-hmm. this might be groundbreaking and record-breaking for us. Uh, it's episode 96 of Murphy's Law. We have uh, an Eternals trailer that finally hit this week. We had all the press conferences uh, and, and junkets and interviews surrounding Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So Kevin Feige spilled some beans. And we have some DC news to talk about. Before we do that, check in with Charles and see what he's been up to for the past week.
1: Uh, I'm okay. Uh, pretty proud and happy as a Filipino to see Manny Pacquiao lose. It is very genuinely exciting to see him lose and not get sort of the clout he needs for, unfortunately, a very possible presidential run here next year. The 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 presidential elections are next year, and I feel like if he if he won here, he would have the thing. The, the the push he needs to actually run and maybe even fucking win. So I'm glad he fucking lost. He's a terrible politician. I don't know why he's a politician. I was talking. I told you like before, we recorded. Like imagine if like someone like Tyson or Mayweather was like a senator. <laughs> and it, it's so fucking crazy. He he is an actual senator here in the Philippines, and he owns a basketball team which he plays in during season, the the actual season. It, it's fucking unreal that this guy is. Is a politician, so I certainly view him a lot different than you know than the, the international community who, who who love him. But yeah, pretty cool to see him fucking lose. And I hope he loses with the next elections.
0: Yeah, I I told when you told me I hadn't even like bothered to look. He's become kind of an afterthought. uh I guess for me, I remember a time when he was a little bit of a bigger deal for for us. But now I'm just like, oh, I didn't even know he. I didn't even remember to look and see how he did.
1: Yeah I feel I feel like he like the more matches he has like post mayweather it's kind of like all the the hype sort of went away I remember like yeah. you know 10 years ago 15 years ago he was on fucking fire like every fight was like this big pay-per-view event now it's kind of like oh he, he's still fighting Right. ever since he like he kind of lost uh, that mayweather fight it's like you know it, it's been sort of I don't want to say downhill but you know the 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 buzz has died down around his hype.
0: Yeah, so it, it's weird. But anyway, how
1: are you? What have what you been doing? Uh,
0: I'm super stressed out because I go back to work tomorrow um, after you know several months, three months, almost. I guess it was two and a half months that we've been out of out of school, um, and I'm my mind is blown that this is going to be the third straight school year oh impacted one way or another by COVID, which is just wild to me so i'm i'm starting to stress out about that um i did get to go see shang chi in the legend of the ten rings last wednesday with my buddy um so yeah. that was really cool and and i guess maybe we can talk about some of those the film's initial reactions at some yeah, point yeah. during during this uh podcast but yeah other
1: i actually yes let's get to it it sounds that's sort of i guess the big talking point of this past week the premiere and all that so Honestly, let's do that.
0: Yeah, let's hop in. Um, I, I guess the the biggest takeaway is that they were they were as always around a premiere. They were overwhelmingly positive. But then, as it was no longer just the the Hollywood premiere and it was the other press screenings, the reactions seemed to stay very positive. And I think we we've talked about this. Like you can tell um, the difference between actual positive. And I, I better say that it was pretty good because I got invited to a premiere positive.
1: Right. Th- that is sort of a a thing here that, I mean, I don't want to fucking, you know, I don't lump everyone who's in the premiere who's like, oh, all your all your opinions are bullshit. But, you know, there is some sort of hype. You know, when you interview Feige, Simu, you all hang out, take photos, hang out for, for the night. You're going to come out of the night feeling really happy about your experience overall. And uh, it's certainly like at least for me, like the waves of reviews I prefer to hear are like the ones you're in and the ones that happen, you know, a few weeks from now when 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 the when the when a more tempered wave of of reactions come in. That is sort of for me the the best um, reactions to base it on. So, yeah, what do you think about it?
0: I, I ended up really liking it. Um, I know I, I was surprised at how heavy it leans into the fantasy aspect in the third act. Mm-hmm. Um, like, really surprised. And and I think it just made it such a much different film than Marvel's ever done. I know there's always this sentiment that Marvel, it's just another Marvel movie. It's just like every other Marvel movie. And this just isn't. It isn't in any way. And, in fact, if it weren't for, um, you know, Wong and Abomination showing up in the in the fight scene that we've all seen in the trailers... People might not have much of a clue at all, other than the whole obviously the Ten Rings thing. Um, but there's there's not some overwhelming flow of familiar characters showing up, and it's it just really feels like a movie that's set in an entirely different part of the world than than we've ever seen before. And it's just that that made it alone very cool. That you just don't get the feeling that it's um, I guess part of the Marvel machine up and you know until after the movie's over. So it was um really enjoyable. The fight scenes were like a, a lot of people have shared the same thing but absolutely out of this world the um the whole first act is just this great martial arts action and I absolutely loved it and uh yeah I have to say that they they made something that, that like Tony or um Kevin Feige said they've been waiting for 20 years to make it and then they finally grabbed Tony Long and had him be the this this new character Wenwu, who's a a pretty cool take on uh, an original take on a couple of characters, and he absolutely I don't want to say steals the show because it it almost is like it's supposed to be his show, but he's an absolutely fantastic character um, and one of one of their richest villains and in, in characters mm-hmm. in general that they've ever put on screen. So I think people. Are going to be really pleasantly surprised when they see it, you know, like in October.
1: Like for for the fight scenes, like obviously, I guess the the um, pinnacle of MCU fighting is probably you know, it's the go to Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say that it's on the level, or it's maybe on the on the level, but still very different? Like, how do you how would you like? I guess put that next to Winter Soldier.
0: I think it's it's certainly not they don't seem as brutal i'll always say like when you uh-huh. watch the winter soldier like you can almost feel yourself getting punched in those scenes right or getting right. kicked and these are these aren't that they're very different but they're the quality is great like we've seen little clips of the bus scene and that whole bus scene and it's it's and it's not just the fights it's the stunt work that's happening in there too and the in the kind of the the use of the the, the scenery and the landscape to to improve on the fight they do some amazing things and we've seen the skyscraper battle too and just those two just those two scenes alone involve some of the best action that that they've ever done as, as far as like one person uh maybe one on one or one on a group of people it's incredible um and and it really is a very different thing i i think i made the point that it feels like the bus scene feels like um a bruce lee movie on the skyscraper scene feels like a jackie chan movie um and it's really really cool to see them just even switch back and forth between those two ideas but yeah i like I, i wish that i could turn around and watch it again right now to to appreciate those fight scenes more because there's there's just so much that happens and it's strung together pretty seamlessly and the camera work is also great in those scenes so you don't lose track of what you're seeing
1: yeah i mean I'm excited to see it, even though I'm kind of high key salty about, you know, this whole thing. I mean, I, 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 I'm at a point where I've muted Shang-Chi and all the all the keywords, just so you know, as as the spoilers come out, you know, yeah. When I watch it, like a month from now or two months from now, I would I would I'm gonna end up knowing a lot of stuff. So I want to like save the stuff I don't need to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know it's, Like you've told me about the the post credit stuff. You told me about. You know how how certain character arcs end and whatnot, but I'm trying to see what what I can keep for myself. If that makes sense, so I'm excited to see. I mean, the I, I saw the uh, the TV spot of the uh, the busing and the scaffolding fight. For me, I yeah. I, I, I kind of dig the scaffolding fight more because it's like, you know, it's it's it, you're you're fighting in a scaffolding and like you said, it's very it's very Jackie Chan Hong Kong movie inspired where. You know, anytime Jackie Chan, you know, did some crazy stunts and a scaffolding, he's done that yeah. so many times. And it's seeing that, you're absolutely right. I'm getting that Jackie Chan vibe there. And the busing is okay for me. Um, like, it's so funny. The, the The clip is, like, one minute long, and he fights those dudes. At the end, you could see Razor Fist sitting behind. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So Razor Fist is like probably watching from behind. And, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how, how it all pays out because... Like you said, you've only said so many good things about the film. And, and uh, you know, I can only dream of seeing fucking Tony Leung. Oh, Bad ass. It's,
0: it's, it's so great. And I won't spoil anything. And my review will be out. I think by the time people are listening to this, my review will already be out. But um, this movie easily could have been titled Wu and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Right, And essentially everything that they make you think about Wenwu in the trailers is a misdirection.
1: Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay.
0: He's, he's certainly not a good guy, right? He's, he's the bad guy of the movie, but it's, it's so, there's so many more layers to him and so much more than just this guy who, who finds these rings and decides that he's going to just be, Take over the world. That that is not the character that you get here. It's a very very deep character with a lot of a lot of changes to his course over the film.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm getting like like from your description, I'm kind of getting like Thanos in Infinity War vibe. Where I mean, he's he's a bad guy clearly, but there is a lot of humanity, quote unquote, in him. Mm-hmm. Where he's a bad guy, but you also get to see so much. Such a range of emotions from the character that makes him a great bad guy. Yeah. Is, this, is that the case with Ben Wu? Yeah,
0: Wen Wu was Wenwu's definitely made very human, um, and and the film like kind of cleverly lets you lets you start with the idea that he's just a horrible bastard, and then uses flashbacks over the course of the movie to change your perception.
1: Mm, okay. Okay. Well. I can't wait for fucking, I don't know, October, November. Maybe right <laughs> it comes out on, on Disney+. Plus. So, yeah. Fucking, let's, let's get to the news. What do we have? Uh,
0: I guess the big news of the week was a new Eternals trailer that actually made Eternals look exciting to people who didn't really know what was going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I was part of that group. Not that I did not know what the Eternals was. I, I read The, the Game Man like a few years ago. The Game Man a few years ago. And you know seeing this trailer compared to the first one is such it's, it's night and day like the first yeah. one is kind of like yeah nice shots they're hanging out on cliffs fancy you know uh, cinema, uh beautifully, beautifully photographed beach shots beach shots and whatnot but here it's kind of like okay when you see that you know the celestial creating the galaxy you, you get a taste of the deviants you finally get to see Kit Harrington who's been absent from any of the promotional art around you get to see their powers um yeah it's a pretty good trailer it's the trailer that i wanted for the the first teaser and i feel like it's the only trailer i need obviously we're gonna get i mean it's, it's the final trailer but you know we're still ways off from november and if it gets pushed we're definitely gonna get another trailer down the road but i feel like this is enough because it gives me everything you know, you get that sense of the team dynamic there. I sort of like the vibe where when they meet up after all these years, there's that sense of family. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you haven't changed. They have that sense of banter. Um, like, my favorite character, just from some of the scenes there, is probably Druig. That scene where yeah. is standing in front of, like, the burning city. And there's a, there's a pretty cool shot of Druig wearing leather jacket and leather pants and then fucking... Doc Doc, Doc Martens, they're walking <laughs> through the desert, and he has some shades. And I was like, God damn, Druid looks fucking looks cool as fuck. So I can't wait to see how Druid is. I mean, he is you know usually a bad guy here, so I wonder if he's gonna be like you know a bad guy because he he has very sinister powers. But yeah, it's very exciting. Um, what do you think of it?
0: I ended up watching it probably three or four times, trying to get a, a grasp of of what i ended up writing about which was um this idea of the emergence and the and the celestial egg possibly planted at the in the earth and and uh as i kept watching through it 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 struck me how the people who at least in this trailer kind of get the most attention aren't necessarily the big stars like you get a really a really heavy dose of fastos in this one of uh, and i and i love that character and you said you get a little bit of druig um obviously they they're a little heavy on the cersei but it it's crazy to me to think that you have like essentially 10 leads in this film right and and yeah. you really it's it's hard to imagine how you're going to split all that up but everything that i continue to hear about this film is that this might be among the best films that marvel's ever made you finally did in this one really get more of an idea of the gorgeous scenery where they were on location at all these different places but for me the thing that that kind of tips it in the scales of being awesome is like you said you get to see these celestials you get to see one creating the galaxy maybe yeah. and if if the first five or ten minutes of this movie are the actual origins of the marvel cinematic universe that's going to be an absolutely incredible 10 minutes of film, right? Like to, to have a film that does like a history, not just a history lesson of some, we know that they've been around for like 7,000 years or whatever. But if this takes us all the way back to the beginnings, that's going to make this such a, a key film to, for people and, and something that people study and, and try to, to dig into. And I just feel like it's, it's got the opportunity to be so rich with, seeds for the future like I it's it's one of those things like I'm so excited to see the movie but I'm also so excited to see what else it it leads to and so yeah I, I'm really excited about it after watching this trailer
1: what do you think about the the powers because I what I liked seeing Icarus shoot lasers yeah it was kind of weird for me that like for um for Kumail's character Kingo it is kind of weird that he only shoots lasers from his fingers
0: I think he just... I think that's just because that's what he wants to do, right? Yeah. Like I, mean, I think I mean, that they can all do the same stuff, but that's just how he he decides to project his his cosmic energy is to shoot finger guns. It's so weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope that... Like you said, I mean, I hope that they all sort of this same, the same like a base sort of power, um, be it lasers or something. Because it is just kind of weird, like, you know, oh, one dude can shoot laser out of his fingers. Like, that's, that's a weird power. Why not just fucking... Just shoot lasers in general, from from any like body part, like even from his wiener. If you want to shoot, if you want to shoot lasers <laughs> from there, why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he be be a? Well, why shouldn't he be prohibited from shooting lasers from his penis? I feel like that. That's a that's a valid power. But I mean, I I like the shot of um um Makari running. It's like a very quick shot there. Mm-hmm. It looks super fucking badass. I like where um who's Don Lee playing again? Or he.
0: Gilgamesh. Yeah,
1: you know, Gilgamesh. When 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 um, Thena like you know tries to slap strike him, and then he has this thing with his with his forearm, that was pretty cool. The 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 weapons conjuring of Thena is pretty badass as well.
0: Uh, the probably the best display of powers in the whole trailer is Cersei turning the bus into rose petals.
1: Oh yeah, that is very Doctor Strange like. <laughs> now that I'm now that you're mentioning it, when when he when he turns like Thanos's you know blast yeah. into a slice, that is very. Pretty fucking cool, but yeah, I I just kind of wish that for Kingo, maybe he can shoot like lasers from his arms, like havoc. I feel like that should be that should be the thing instead of him fighting firing from his fingers. Because I saw like um like a variant uh, comic art cover of the team, like an official Marvel variant comic cover of the team, and Kingo's like doing the 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 finger guns thing again. So it makes me wonder, yeah. like, hmm, it, that is so specific. I just but, but that. But then again i don't know anything about the eternal powers apart from you know the super speed and the you know the the energy projections and whatnot so i'm not quite sure if i even have like the right to complain about the powers if you know what i mean
0: it it makes me wonder if during um during filming when they told Kamal what he was what he could do if it was something that he ad-libbed in there right like if he just like hey what if i just did this because it's cool because it seems like given his sensibilities and his humor that that might be a a possible explanation at least that he was like man i would really think it would be cool for me to just make finger guns but then actually shoot lasers out of my fingers
1: right oh what, what do you think about the the deviants?
0: so the the idea that they're like the first one you see looks like some sort of skeleton dinosaur makes a ton of sense um they're supposed to be in the film sort of these predators that um well, they were supposed to, they were originally supposed to protect um, the humans, but then they they went off and decided they are going to eat them. And then, so the idea that they look like these sort of ancient predators is pretty cool. I am really interested to see why Crow, who's the one that we see kind of uh, has Angelina's character wrapped up, why he's so much different than those other ones. Because even in the in the Lego stuff and all the other stuff we've seen, they all kind of look just like mindless beasts, right? And then... Yeah. crow certainly is a very different take on that um the look is is weird and i, I wonder how it'll how it'll find look when we finally see it on the big screen because you know you're gonna get more than that one scene we've seen promotional materials where he sometimes looks very bland and other times where he looks like he's got like almost a rainbow sheen to him so i'm, right. I'm curious i know you said you thought he looked like steppenwolf
1: yeah i mean uh, the reactions i got from that was like what are you talking about they don't even look alike i mean like the point of me saying that he's kind of Steppenwolf is that we're getting a fully CGI character here. I mean, we always get fully CGI characters, but with this one, we're—I don't think we're getting a likeness of an actor uh, behind the, the the performance. So it makes me wonder if it's like a totally mid-2000s thing where it's a CGI creature, completely CGI with no performance capture behind it, and it's just some dude voicing him. That—that's—that's that's how I'm getting. That kind of Steppenwolf vibe because with Kieran Hens, like I like I, I tried searching if there was any Justice League behind the scenes photo of him like in the mocap with Zach, you yeah. know, there wasn't. And Steppenwolf, the the theatrical and the theatrical cut and Snyder cut version do not look like Kieran Hins. So that's what I'm sort of getting at, and it's very interesting that we're getting a character like this. Um, for me, it's weird because. You know, this movie sort of flexes the, you know, Academy Award-winning Chloe Zhao
0: here. Right.
1: Chloe Zhao is very known for you know very human, very very artsy portrayals of characters, which you you do get here. But then you have a fucking Scorpion King character as a bad guy, <laughs> which kind of I mean I don't want to say cheapens it, but it's it's so it's this weird sort of a uh, thorn in this very artistic endeavor. Do you know what I mean? It's very mid two thousands like. I mean. Ultron is a fully CGI character. And, I mean, um, Surtur is a fully CGI character. But with Ultron, he's a fucking robot. So I feel like you can get away with that. But this one, it's clearly trying to be humanoid in that, you know, it has a lot of eyes. It has a lot of, you know, facial expressions.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm curious if it's going to take us out a little bit. if Especially if the CGI isn't perfect. Uh, because for characters like this, if your CGI isn't, you know... Perfect. It's gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna slowly, you know, hit skeleton king territory, or scorpion scorpion king territory. There, so it's, I don't know. That makes me worried, at least, because we do not know who who's playing him yet, right?
0: No, and you can get back even into like the like the Phantom Menace and uh, and Attack of the Clones, where you have some of those completely CGI. Right moments that you're just like, wow, that looks. You in nineteen ninety nine or two thousand two or whatever it was, it looked okay. But then when you go back and watch him, you're like, wow, that's that's yeah. strange.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, I saw the Funko Pop where he was very colorful. That looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that color pops up in the in the film because I mean, he's in a cave in the trailer, so you can't see shit. But yeah, yeah, I hope Crow becomes a good part of the movie and not and not a disposable bad guy. Because I guess until we find out who's playing him or who's voicing him, it's I feel like my Steppenwolf claims are valid. I saw someone say, like, what an unfair thing to say. I'm like, dude, it, it's totally fair. Because if you think about it, Eternals and the new gods, they're sort of in the same boat. Um, right. So it's, I think it's more than fair to, to, I guess, make a Steppenwolf claim. Because Steppenwolf is a new god, and although, while Crow isn't an Eternal, it is sort of in that same boat. So, I don't know, I hope crow ends up being cool at least
0: yeah i think well we we just get the one shot there so we're, you know obviously going to have to wait and see what the full intention is and, and like you said he is in the in the cave so maybe when the sunlight hits him, we get a little bit better <laughs> better look at the character
1: yeah all right so what do we have what else do we have
0: uh the, so the press rounds this week with with shang chi uh premiering and, and being shown to the press as always gave a bunch of quotes from Kevin Feige, who continues to really master the art of saying absolutely nothing unless he wants to. Um, And and one one of the bigger pieces of news of the week, I thought, was him confirming stuff that you and I have talked about, I think, quite a lot, which is that Avengers 5 is not on the near horizon.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't see why they'd rush it because they have so much on deck, so much more ex- more for me at least more exciting IP like Moon Knight and Blade. I feel like all those things currently excite me more than Avengers. Mm-hmm. And plus we have like a big semi avengerish event with No Way Home. That is there right. that is like you know reaching almost the, the the hype levels of Endgame so I feel like we're covered. You know, at least until when, when Avengers 5 comes out.
0: Yeah, and it's it makes sense because they, and, and and he explains it in the way that <clears throat> you and I have talked about it. Phase four is in a lot of ways, a, a start, a reboot or a restart, I guess of, of the MCU, because now we've, we've completed the infinity saga and you don't just want to jump into an Avengers film in 2022, just because um, it's been three years since your last Avengers film. You have to let the story build, right? You have to, you have right. to let this, these other arcs take place so that when you do have your avengers film it's been earned and i think that that makes the most sense and we don't we don't really even at this point have much of a sense of what it's going to be is is kang going to be the next avengers level threat is the is secret war is going to be the next avengers level movie like we don't have a really great sense of that stuff yet because we're so fresh into um this new phase, right? So I think it makes a ton of sense for him to tell people to calm down and just let things build.
1: You mentioned Secret Wars and I guess we could sort of transition into the gym shooter thing, but I just thought about it now like what if they do Secret Wars instead of Doom, instead of Beyonder, it's Kang. Like how would you feel about that?
0: I I think as long to me as much as I love Doom in, in especially in Hickman's Secret Wars, um, we have to stop imagining that the Marvel stuff and Marvel Cinematic stuff is going to mirror the Marvel Comics stuff so closely. So to me, as as integral as Doom is to that story in the comics, if they wanna tell a Secret Wars story that revolves around Kang, as long as the story's great, I'm not gonna cry because Doom's not in it because there's still plenty of other stories for Doom to be a part of, you know? Right. And, and I think that that's totally fine. Um, I'd like to see the Beyonder be a part of a Secret War story, and I'd like for the Secret War story to get a little weird. But I'm I'm fine with um using Kang, especially with the setup we already have, and saving Doom for another ten stories that he could be a part of.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you. Um I mean Marvel likes to streamline stuff and Kang is sort of the the big bad that they're leading up to, so it just makes sense for for them to use Kang at this point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if he, I feel like the Beyonder, I mean, between having Beyonder or Kang, I'd just rather have Kang because Jonathan Majors is playing him. Unless maybe Beyonder's being played by, like, fucking Daniel Day-Lewis. I feel like Jonathan Majors tops that list for me. But, I don't know. Anyway, this Jim Shooter stuff, he's basically saying that Marvel does not have the rights to Secret Wars. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like the beyonders specifically right
1: yeah did not have the rights at least until recently that is it's bizarre isn't it it's like did they really not have the rights do you think jim shooter is talking out of his ass here
0: no i I feel like i feel like he's on he's on to something at least and and i think the bigger story is nobody's nobody's gonna be surprised when they end up at a secret wars event especially after watching loki and, and listening to kang talk but it seems like that's that's something that's a, maybe a little bit more on the in the in the short-term plans for them because they're they seem to have been trying to make sure they had rights to all these characters if you guys missed the video from uh one of the cons that just happened jim shooter who wrote the original secret wars said that basically there was no paper trail proving that they owned that marvel comics or marvel entertainment owned the Beyonder or Titania and a couple of other characters who were introduced in Secret Wars. So they were kind of at one point trying to make sure they got some stuff on paper um, mm-hmm. proving ownership. So that that idea lends, you know, leads you to believe, obviously they're using Titania in She-Hulk. And if they want to use a character like the Beyonder in the Secret Wars, they had to, to come back around and make sure that they had all the appropriate things filed away. So it really does seem like all, all arrows are pointing at a Secret Wars adaptation soon, you know, maybe, maybe 2025, maybe, maybe in that, in that ballpark.
1: All right, what's next? Uh,
0: The other, the other big chunk of news that came from Kevin Feige um, was not really news to most of us at all. I think most of the people that listen to our podcast, certainly everybody in our Discord knew that Riri Williams was going to make her debut in as ironheart in black panther wakanda forever
1: that's so funny because we did like a q and a like i think 2 weeks ago yeah we talked about this in detail and i fucking censored the entire yeah the entire the entire time you spoke i fucking censored it and people people in the disco were like freaking out because it scared them but <laughs> i guess it's out now um it kind of seems like she's going to play a big girl and not like you're saying know, all just like a cameo it's exciting for me because I like I always say I do not know anything about Riri. This will be a character that is a complete blank slate for me, where I will not, will I will have no preconceived preconceived idea of how she should be or how, how she could be better in the like in like she is the comics. So I'm excited. Um, I'm excited about the the MIT stuff that could you know clearly feature her. I know Bleeding Cool dropped something about her, you know, having Wakandan armor. I found that very exciting. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that this this news is out out there, because we've been sitting on this for like, you've been sitting on this for like how long? Like a month, two months?
0: Mm, since before July, yeah, before yeah. the film ever started. Yeah, there you go. And she does play a huge role, um, in in this movie, and it's not it's not just some brief cameo. She is, I, I guess, it could be said that something that she does is the inciting moment for the entire plot. So Interesting. it's, yeah, it's, it's not just uh you know, Hey, here's Riri. She's definitely a huge part of it.
1: Yeah. All right. What's next?
0: Uh, I think some of these other things we can kind of lump together. You got, you basically got some production updates. Um, Loki has not, and this came from, from Kevin as well, Loki has not hired um, a new director yet, and so now it's looking like it's going to be quite a while. Could be next summer, at the earliest, before they go into production. Um, meaning that Loki's probably a 2023 Loki season two is probably a 2023 thing. Uh, Armor Wars hired a writer, but they a head writer. They still don't have a director, so it's probably again looking like next summer before they get moving. Um, and then the other piece of news they came out was that Anthony Mackie has officially. Come back for signed his deal for Captain America four, and that is on schedule to shoot next summer, meaning that's probably a 2023 film. So you've got some some 2023 projects lined up as as it seems as of right now. Even though we've seen plenty of delays, like for sure Captain America four was at one point on track to film this fall, um, and then at, just like Blade was, and then they backed those off. So, but it's you know without them without Kevin Feige coming out and saying it 2023 is starting to fill up with projects.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the Mackie stuff is cool. I mean obviously it was always going to be him ever since the the report came out as soon as the show ended but it is weird though that they're only reporting now that he closed the deal. When mm-hmm. did when did when did the Falcon end? Oh,
0: May? When did it go? Yeah, it was it must have been May because Loki came out in June.
1: Right, yeah. So, three months of negotiations? Like, holy shit. I wonder what they talked about. Maybe they're avoiding, like, another ScarJo stuff, shit, you know, another scenario?
0: Yeah, I I hope that, you know, I, I remember last year at this time, some people talking about um, some new contracts, and, and they were, like, um, specifically around Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, we're putting some COVID language and delay language into contracts. And I was like, man, if we're still oh. talking about that stuff in 2022 when these movies come out, we've really dropped the ball. And here we are, you know, looking like we've really dropped the ball. And and so you wonder what <laughs> kind of things that, you know, are are these negotiations causing delays? Is this what we're kind of what we're waiting on? Is for if for them to sort all this stuff out. They in, in in sort of maybe related news, they did broker a deal with Emma Stone um, to to get back for Cruella too, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I am I'm assuming that this kind of language is now a typical part of their contracts.
1: I mean, it has to be. It can't. You cannot sort of take your chance and not put that language, not knowing what's going to happen. The next two months. Like, I, I feel like everything is so uncertain. Like I'm I'm seeing some people be be pragmatic with the fact that, you know, even Spider Man no way can be pushed at this point because it's Venom's yeah. being pushed. Like even Venom, like wasn't Venom pushed to October and now it might even be pushed. Like a week after they pushed it, there there's rumors that it might be even pushed further. So it's only it only makes sense for them to to uh put that kind of language into contracts, but yeah, I wonder what, what, I mean, it's, it's so funny, we're, we're transitioning into the Scarlett stuff, but I do wonder what the industry ramifications, or at least company-wide ramifications of that lawsuit, what it has on Disney, or how it's affecting Disney overall.
0: Well, you can see, like, from, from her, from Scarlett's recent comments, that Disney's tried to take it to private arbitration, and, and they don't want that. And that was, that was something I talked about last week, like, you can bet Disney's going to gonna, gonna want to get this out of the papers, right? And that's what we said, I think, in the podcast, that they'd love to settle up behind closed doors. And it, Scarlett's team doesn't seem to be willing to let that happen. That does seem to be what happened, or at least part of what happened with Emma Stone's team. They were like, all right, listen, we want to do this other movie. Let's let's stop um, putting this out in the press and let's just make a deal behind closed doors and just release the good news bits of it. Because you know that these things are not all good news. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see um, Disney Disney's response to this, to them not allowing it to go into private arbitration.
1: Mm. I hope they figure it out because it's getting crazy out there. I, I feel it's, like I feel like the the Scarjo stuff is a big, you know, sort of a basis of why Shang Chi is not in the it's not in uh, mm-hmm. plus. And i hate it
0: yeah definitely not not the best time for this all to go on right right as this movie as shang chi is getting ready to to hit theaters um and they've made the, the choice to make it exclusive when so many people have no ability to get to a theater to watch it
1: yeah all right what's next
0: uh last little bit we have is um is pretty exciting uh, a lot of people we're very excited about the news, although I saw a lot of negative responses to a bit of the news, but um, their HBO Max is going to produce a Black Canary film.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, good for, for Journey because she is... I loved her in fucking um, uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. She, she was absolutely amazing there, and I loved her in, in Birds of Prey. Like, my only beef with this is that my my attachment to... To Black Canary isn't as a solo character is is like I loved her in Birds of Prey, so I really wanted to see the Birds of Prey cool. Yeah, I, I wanted to see Huntress and all that because that was that was a pretty cool movie. Um, I haven't seen it and watched it, it came out, but when I watched it in theaters, it was I was completely blown away by how fun the movie was. I, I loved Ewan McGregor in it; he's so fucking crazy in it, and I don't know, I, I don't know I, I like that ensemble very much. So maybe they could show up here in the show because I want to see. Mary Elizabeth Winstead as as Huntress again. I want to see Renee Montoya again. So here's hoping, man.
0: It's it's hard to imagine that you don't at least get some time spent with those characters because that that group dynamic was so great in in the movie. So yeah, hopefully you do. And but I think the big thing here is that Journey is becoming a pretty big star in her own right. And so like you said, her her work in Lovecraft Country was amazing. I mean let's be honest, it's hard to find anybody that was in Lovecraft Country that didn't do amazing work. That was a, an amazing show. So yeah. her getting her own film is great. I continue to say like, I'm all for these things going to HBO Max. Like they, these are, the, the bottom line of this is these are characters that are, are getting more exposure thanks to HBO Max. And it's it's funny to me that you don't see people angry about the falcon and the winter soldier getting a six basically a six hour movie on disney plus but you get people who are very angry about hbo max making movies um to me they're out there they're being made this is this is the best thing we can do i don't know that some of these characters have a huge box office theater box office appeal and so to have them get their own movie even if it's going to streaming that's where this is all headed anyway so this is this is great news and you get more time with a great character i'm really excited about it
1: yeah i think that's it do we have anything else
0: no that that is all the news that's fit to at least kind of talk about (laughs) so all right guys uh we thank you for joining us on on episode 96 we are slowly approaching 100 at our current rate we'll hit episode 100 sometime in 2024 we hope you guys are all still around for that so we again thank you for everything and we you guys continue to take care and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.